you know, sometimes when you know something and your wife doesn't know, it's pretty awesome. So um, it's pretty cool. So anyway, so there's a story of this Japanese soldier in 1944. He was on the island of Guam, and he could sense the tide of the war was, gonna, was changing, right? And so he didn't want to be a prisoner to the Americans. They'd heard all these horrible stories about what the Americans did to Japanese soldiers. And so he deserted the army, found a cave, and he hid. For 28 years, he lived in that cave. For 28 years, he only came out at night. For 28 years, he ate rats. He ate lizards. He ate shrimp. He ate wild fruit. He ate whatever he could find to keep himself alive. For 28 years, he lived as a prisoner in a cave because he was afraid of the war coming to an end. And the crazy thing is that that's not really all that unusual because fear, it does some really crazy things to us. Fear, some, so there's, there's two kinds of ways to look at fear and there's two kinds of fear. There's the kind of fears that you really need to be wary of and the kind of fear that you shouldn't be. And in the same way, there's two kinds of people. There are people, I'll beckon it this way, there are people that run into the fire and there are people that run out of the fire. There are people that run into the battle and there are people that run away from the battle. And the people who run away from the battle probably aren't any more or less scared than the people that run into the battle. The people who run into the battle just don't let their fear paralyze them. And I think that's kind of what happens with us sometimes, that the things we fear paralyze us. The things that we fear cause us to do things that sometimes seem irrational. And there are things we should fear, and we'll talk about that in just a second. And there are things that maybe we shouldn't fear. So let's look at what fear is, okay? Fear is an impending sense of danger. That's, that's what it is, is an impending sense of danger. And it doesn't matter if it's real or it's perceived, Right? It doesn't matter because it's kind of like in the dark, and we'll kind of dive into that in just a second. But, you know, people aren't necessarily afraid of the dark. It's what they don't see in the dark that scares them, right? I mean, I like dark, but, and I like light, but I like being able to see. And it kind of reminds me of the story of this, this little boy who was being put to bed, and he's real little, and it was a storm. It was a fierce storm outside. And uh, his, his mom was putting him to bed, and... And he said, uh, Mommy, Mommy, would you slay with me tonight? Would you stay here with me? The mom just kind of kissed her son on the head and said, Honey, I've got to go lay in Daddy's room. And after a little while, the boy looked and said, Daddy's a big baby, isn't he? <laughs> because he was afraid, but he, you know, Mom kind of made him feel like Dad was more afraid. Psychologists tell us there are 519 kinds of phobias, fears. And there are fears of some crazy things. You know, from everything to, to spiders to pencils. And I mean, there's just some crazy things that people are afraid of. And there are some things we should fear. For example, if you walk in your house at night and you hear something, a noise in there and everyone's outside, you probably should develop a sense of fear before you walk in the house, right? Social media. And its power and its influence, which is great. But to be honest, we should fear that too. Because its abuse it can do some really horrible things. And, has, and in my opinion, is doing some really terrible things in our country and around the world. 
Big poisonous snakes. Even if your name is Howard Pope, big poisonous snakes you should be fearful of. Swimming with alligators. Once again, I make the same reference. You should be afraid of those things as well. When your child grabs a hot pan on the stove, you don't go, now honey, if you grab that pan, it's going to burn your hand. If you, and if the water comes, it's going to... No, you react. Because out of fear, not fear that your child is going to get hurt and you want your child to learn, there are things they should not touch. If you're, in your, if you're out and a pack of coyotes walks towards you, you know, these coyotes, and there's a pack, and you're by yourself, you got no gun, probably be a little afraid. There are things in life we should be afraid of. Cats as pets. I don't, I don't get that, but, you know, if, but you know, maybe you should be afraid of cats. I don't know. I have this theory about them, but anyway, it doesn't matter, and maybe not so with cats. But look, there are things in life that we should be afraid of, and there are things in life we shouldn't be. Franklin Delano Roosevelt and his famous speech to Congress said we had nothing to fear but fear itself. And what I don't know that he realized or that we realized, because that's a small part of a larger speech, but it's the only part that we really remember. There's a deep spiritual truth to that statement that we have nothing to fear but fear itself because fear is a part of life and fear is a part of our relationship with God. And maybe you don't look at it that way, but in, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10, he says, you do not fear those who can kill the body. Fear those who can kill body and soul. Solomon, after writing all about his life and how he searched for meaning in life and, and did all these crazy things, said maybe the most profound words in the Bible. He said in, in Ecclesiastes 12, Now all has been heard. Here's the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. Fear God. Not a, I'm afraid God's going to hurt me, but a, honoring, healthy, respect, fear of who God is. Fear God. Do what he says. This is the whole duty of man. So basically, Solomon says, I wasted my life, and I finally figured out one day that when it all comes down to it, I should fear and respect God and just do what he says. And my life would have been better if I'd just done that. So we are continuing the series through the book of Psalms, and, and I've said this most every week, but I'll say it again. In my life, it's come at a really good time, and maybe it's come at a good time in your life. And so David was a guy who knew a lot about fear. He had some fears to overcome, but he conquered a lot of fears. And we're going to be in the 27th Psalm, and we're going to camp there. So if you want to look it up, it's going to be on the screen in just a second as well. Uh, if your Bible, tablet, whatever, however you do that. But here's what, here's what we want to premise. The 27th Psalm starts with a premise. And what we have to understand is who David was. And David was a guy who committed his life to knowing God. He committed his life to knowing God and being known by God. And that's something we've talked about here a lot recently, that our purpose in life is to know God and be known by God. And when that is your life purpose, not that we shouldn't achieve to do things in life. I mean, it's great to be successful. But that's not your life's purpose. It's great to grow your business. It's not your life's purpose. It's great to have a great family. It's not your life's purpose. It's great to have successful kids. Not your life's purpose. Our life's purpose is to know God. And everything else falls into place after that. 
And it's one of the things that made David a man after God's own heart. So here's the premise. We're going to start with the premise today and work our way backwards. And this is what you need to know, that knowing God leads to, to live with no fear. When you know God, when you pursue God, when you make your mission of your life to know God, it allows us to live without fear of the things that we should not be afraid of. So David says it this way in the 27th Psalm, beginning in verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? Now, the co- just real quick commercial. If you were here last uh, Wednesday or Sunday, we talked about this idea that the Lord is a fortress. And a fortress is a place of safety. A fortress is a place where we're surrounded on every side, safe from the attack of the enemy. One of the reoccurring themes that David talks about in the Psalms is that the Lord is a fortress. It'll come up time and time and time again. So if you're reading through the Psalms and you're like, man, I just read that. You probably did, but you're going to read it again because he talks about it a lot. That our safety and our security comes from the Lord. So let me remind you, sometimes you need shelter. Sometimes you need a fortress. And David is reminded that the Lord is a fortress, but he adds an element to this. He says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Now, there's a couple things. There's this light in the Bible refers to God's divine holiness. But there's a whole other thing we need to understand. So we have to understand what light is and what light does. And what, what light does is really simple. It consumes darkness. It just consumes it. A little light can consume a vast dark place. Just a little light. And so what we understand is that David is saying that in a dark world, and this is a dark world, the Lord is my light. And the Lord is my salvation. And if he's my light and my salvation, then I have nothing to be afraid of. But yet we are naturally afraid of what's in the dark, right? Most people don't like the dark. And we do crazy things when it's dark. If you walk in, if you've ever, you know, you walk through the dark and you start hearing things. By the way, if you want to have some fun, walk through a church when it's really dark. It is the creepiest place on the planet. I don't know why, but it is creepy. And I've never been in a church where I go, man, this is awesome. It's creepy all the time. But when you walk in the dark, we stumble because we don't know what's in front of us. We walk with our hands out because we don't know what's around us. And sometimes we talk louder because we want to scare whatever is out there that we don't know is there, right? And I've always thought that was kind of interesting, but, you know, if you yell at a burglar and he's in your house, is he going to run? I mean, maybe, I hope. That's all I got. Walking in dark is dangerous. But the light's different. That walking in the light is completely, completely different. So think of it this way, and then we'll talk about it. When we walk in the Lord, we live our lives in the current of His will, and we have no reason to fear because darkness has no power over us. Now we're going to leave that up for a second, and I want you to think about this. When you walk in light, you can see where you're going. 
You can see what's in front of you. You can see what's around you. You can see what's coming behind you. You have clarity. You have perspective. You have security. You have confidence. You have comfort. All those things disappear in the dark. Because we weren't created to walk in the dark, to live in the dark. Now, there are things God made to live in the dark, but there's not a lot of them. But God created us, made in his image, to live in light. Because light gives us clarity and light gives us perspective. And so what we learn from David is when you walk in the boundaries God's established for you, that's where the light is. When you go outside the boundaries, it gets blurry and it gets dark and you lose perspective. I don't know if I've ever shared this uh, with y'all. If I have, forgive me, but I, I didn't remember. One of the great life lessons I learned from my dad was when you are, wanna, when things are awesome and great and you're kind of up here, you don't make really important decisions because your perspective is, is messed up. And when things are horrible and bad and the world's falling apart and, and there's nothing's ever going to be good, you don't make life decisions because nothing is good down here. You come to the middle and that's where you have clarity. And that's what David's talking about. The extremes that we kind of like to live in, that's where the dark places are. And in the dark, we have no perspective. But light, think about this, light gives us perspective and clarity and darkness blurs and fogs our reality. We were not made to live in the extremes. We were made and created to walk in the boundaries God's established for us because that's where the light shines the brightest. That's where we have clarity. That's where we have perspective. And so if you study David's life, here's what you understand. When he walked on the road, man, he was, he was, he was pretty awesome. When he, when he left the, the boundaries God established for him, man, he made a mess of his life because that's where the darkness is. So there's another thing I want you to kind of think about this in, in a different way, all right? Because light gives us confidence and light gives us perspective and life gives us reassurance. Think of it like this. Imagine you've been called to run a sprint. at two o'clock in the morning with no lights on. No one's running fast. If you do, there's something wrong with you. Or running through the woods without a flashlight. Been there, done that, doesn't turn out well. I'm just saying, just doesn't turn out well, all right? Light is everything. And so David says that the Lord is my light. And when I walk in this light, I have everything I need, which is kind of an important thing that he's, we're going to talk about in just a second. But there's something else we need to consider about this. And it's the confidence of the presence of God. So I want you to, I want to kind of take you back in time a little bit to Romans chapter eight. In Romans chapter eight, uh, Paul says, has this very profound question. Most of you are familiar. If God is for us, who can be against us? Right? Now, the problem that some people have is that word if. Because if is uncertain, right? Think of it, if is uncertain. If can go either way. If can be good, if can be bad. We just don't know how it's going to work out. And so we have to understand 
how this word is translated in this time. And it's translated the same way it is in another time earlier in the Gospels when Jesus is walking on the water and Peter's in a boat with the disciples. And Peter says, if it's you, call me and I'll come. And Jesus says, come. Peter wasn't questioning whether it was Jesus because he knew it was him. And so we understand this is one of these times where sometimes translate, modern day translations kind of mess us up. The literal word, this word if, that's used in Matthew and Mark and here in Romans is what we would use since. Now since is, so think of it this way. If is uncertain, since is absolute. Since something is true, I know what I'm getting. It may be good, it may be bad, but I know what I am getting. So Paul's not saying in, in Romans, if God's for us, he's saying, since God is for us, since he is with us, who can be against us? Peter said, since it's you, you call me and I'll walk on the water. And Jesus said, come and he walked for a little while. And so what we do is we understand this idea of walking in light. Since God is for me, since God is my light, since God is my salvation, since God created everything since the 24th psalm says everything belongs to the lord since it's all his since he's holy since he has my best interest in stake since when i walk with him i am in light what on this planet do i have to be afraid of what can happen to me that i have to fear and so when you face death you can face it with a confidence because God is the light and the death. When your marriage is, is going through some tough times, man, we have the confidence that God is with us because he is light. The Lord is light doesn't mean everything's going to be perfect. Doesn't mean it's all going to be okay. Doesn't mean it's all going to work out. Doesn't mean that... Everything, you know, when you go to work tomorrow, the Lord's my light, the Lord's my light. Doesn't mean when you get there, 10 horrible things aren't going to happen. It just means no matter what happens, you have perspective because you have the light of the Lord leading you. Which is really important when you consider the next part. So David says this in verse 2. When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I'm attacked, I will remain confident. David says, if it all falls apart, if they get me, I'm good. Because I'm with the Lord. You know, something we talk about all the time, and actually, Grady and I were talking about this the other day, and, and, I, and I say this, and, and, it, and it's that old age, it's that question, if all you had was Jesus, would he be enough? If you lost everything and all you had was Jesus, would he be enough? That's the question. And for David, that's what he's saying, if I lose everything, and I have the Lord, I have everything I need. I'm good. Life's not perfect. But I'm good because I have the Lord with me. The question is, and here's the question you have to ask yourself. Are you walking in the light? Or are you walking in the dark? How can I tell? Light gives clarity. Darkness blurs your vision. Light gives you perspective. 
Darkness lies to you. Light is truth. Sometimes, sometimes, we think we can handle stuff without God. And let me just say this. If you're walking without God, it's not the light you're walking, it's the dark. It just doesn't work any other way. But despite all these things, and David says, the, Lord's my, the Lord is my light, the Lord is my salvation. No matter what horrible things happen, if he's with me, I'm good. Then he says this. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek the most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. <coughs> For he will conceal me there when troubles come. He will hide me in his sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. Then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. <coughs> At his sanctuary, I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy, singing praising the Lord with music. And so David starts this song with the Lord is my light. He has everything I need. And then he says a crazy thing. The one thing I want most the one thing I want most of all is not for my enemies to be destroyed. It's not for my kingdom to reign. It's not for my family to be great. The one thing I want in this life is to be with the Lord. The one thing I ask, I ask one thing of you, Lord, I want to dwell in your house forever. I just want to be with you. When he could have asked for so many other things. It's probably where his son Solomon learned the lesson when God said, I'll give you anything you want. And he said, well, just make me wise. And God gave him wisdom and everything he didn't ask for. When you have light, you have clarity. When there's clarity, there's proper perspective. When we have perspective, we see things clearly. When we see things clearly, we understand that this life is temporary. And what we should want most of all is to be with the Lord wherever he is, whatever that looks like. And sometimes the Lord's in the storm. And sometimes he's not. Sometimes the Lord is right there with you in that when your marriage is falling apart and, and sometimes he's not. It just depends on if you're calling on him or not. Martin Luther, the great church historian, made this statement once. It's really interesting. He talks about the role of fear and how he sees God handle it and what the devil does. But I think there's a great life lesson here. So he said this, God and the devil take opposite tactics in regards to fear. The Lord first allows us to become afraid, which is interesting, that he might relieve our fears and comfort us. So the first part of that, Martin Luther's theory is God allows fear to, to come in our life because it forces us to turn to him. Then he says this, the devil, on the other hand, First makes us feel secure in our pride and sins that we might later be overwhelmed with fear and despair. In other words, here's what he's saying. The devil tells you, you can handle this. You got this. You don't need anybody. You're strong enough. You're tough enough. You're smart enough. I mean, this fear is going on. Man, you got this. And then later when you realize you don't, you're so deep in, it leads to despair and heartache and pain. But when you lean into the Lord and, and, the, and the fear kicks in, it forces us to turn to him. We don't go, I got this. We go, no, the Lord's got this. I don't have this. 
Only the Lord does. Walking in light is to lean into the Lord. Walking in the dark is to lean into your pride. So where are you walking? Are you walking in the light or are you walking in the dark? That's the question. The Apostle John, after losing his brother James, after all of his companions were killed, after being tortured, says this in 1 John chapter 4, Such love has no fear because perfect love dispels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other because he loved us first. John says, The Lord loves me and I have nothing to be afraid of. And this was a man who had lost everything. He lost his brother. He lost his brothers. At this point in time, he lost a good part of his family. And he says, if the Lord loves you, you have nothing to be afraid of. David said it best, the Lord is my light and the Lord is my salvation. And since that is true, what on this planet do I have to be afraid of? When life circumstances overwhelm me, what is there to fear? When things aren't working out, what is there to fear? When horrible things happen, what is there to fear? Because the Lord is my light. The question is, is he yours? Father, we are, um, we are, uh, as a people, humans, we are very prideful. And we think we can do so many things that we are not equipped to do. We think we can carry things we're not equipped to carry. And sometimes when, these, when fear shows up in our life, we convince ourselves we don't need you because we're smart enough and we're good enough and, and we can just figure it out. It is in those moments when fear overtakes us, consumes us, paralyzes us, that we realize we can't do that without you. There are things to fear and there are things we should never be afraid of. Anything this world can throw at us, anything that the devil can throw at us, we have no reason to fear because you are with us and you are our light and you are our salvation and you are our fortress. So Lord, I pray that you'll help us to walk in the light, stay in the boundaries you've established for us because the darkness is beyond the borders. Give us proper perspective. Give us clarity. Give us the ability to see things as you would have us see them. To deal with things as you would have them deal with us. To not be paralyzed by our fear, but to be empowered by our faith. We thank you for Jesus. We ask all these things.